0: dream it was clearer than a memory okay you know what we should have done mm. we should have had George R. R. use one of our microphones oh yeah and we should have used the rented microphone mm-hmm. so that next time one of us sat down in front of our microphone
1: we could taste them <laughs> <laughs> let's start it out like yeah, that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry George uh,
0: <laughs> you miss us <laughs> which,
1: uh didn't mean
0: to
1: feel like that unless you wanted to
0: then, then uh, you know how to find me. <laughs> you already know. <laughs>
1: you already know. Um, uh, like Hannah was saying, the last time that we used these microphones, uh, we were talking to George R. R. Martin so that I can taste the old me. Mm-hmm. I got to do that mm-hmm. right now, sort of. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, what about you? I mean, last time we were sitting down to record, we were at the John Cocteau Theater. It was the coolest setting to be able to sit down. Did we mention that when we were on the show with him I don't remember one, we may have
1: at one point we talked about the fact that he owned a movie theater and we're inside of it
0: okay then maybe we talked about it but it was really neat to sit in that theater and sit down and we were all kind of facing each other
1: the the chairs at the Jean Cocteau theater uh fit a Baja blast energy perfectly and I would say most 12 to 20 ounce beverages as well but uh yeah very comfortable they just recently remodeled and updated that place and uh if you have been into our Twitter account or our Instagram, you'll see a photo that was taken by one of George's minions, Sid. Whenever we were uh, just sitting down to record, we were like plugging in the laptop and everything, and uh, you'll see that we had the chairs sitting on the floor. We wanted to be facing each other instead of uh, on a stage, sort of like presenting mm-hmm. to a crowd of ghosts, mm-hmm. like a right. panel that would at have been a con so weird. or something. Yeah, and uh, it, I mean, uh, I I had a f- I had an amazing time.
0: It was pretty surreal. Yeah. And I think that the coolest thing about that whole experience is we had the opportunity to spend time with him over the course of the couple of days that we were there, and we had the opportunity to have so many conversations with him. Mm -hmm. So by the time we sat down to record the podcast, it just felt like a continuation of these same conversations we were lucky enough to have Mm -hmm. in the days leading up and the days after. And so... I don't know what—I mean, everybody—I assume you listen to the episode, so it's kind of Hopefully. hard to, like, talk about it. But you never know what it's going to be like talking to somebody. At all. You, yeah, <laughs> talking to somebody all, but At you never all. know what it's going to be like to talk to somebody that you look up to so much mm-hmm. and that you spend so much time thinking about. And George himself just exceeded my expectations on every level of being— kind and funny and interesting and engaging and he was a fun hang and I was worried about what that was going to be like because you know you meet a lot of different people and he is like I said I have high expectations for him and he far exceeded all that I had an unbelievable time just like spending time with him and so I was really grateful that we got that on top of having the opportunity to have that conversation with him, just to know who he was as a person and to know how cool he is, is really neat.
1: Yeah, it really helps whenever you're trying to talk about something that's important, if uh, you are comfortable with the people, because yeah. you can kind of cut right to the chase. And that was definitely the energy of really the whole week there, because we had that uh, we had opportunity to go to Santa Fe before and to meet him and it was just strange doing like the normal podcast setup that we just did right now. In my closet. To, to, get, all yeah. the, to uh-huh. get all the gear set up. And <laughs> yeah. he, he was just sitting there with us. Just Just, just sitting there on yeah. plugging in cables and stuff. And we hate you when he sees headphones. He's uh-huh. like, nah I don't, okay. yeah you don't need to use them. <laughs> it, uh, was it was amazing. It was exactly like it was um, to anyone who's listening who's been a guest on our show before or you're listening. You've heard other people that uh, you might know. Uh, who have come on the podcast, it was exactly the same as anytime anyone comes on the podcast, exactly the same. We wanted it to be that way, and uh, we were able to do that, it wasn't weird, and uh, yeah, that was it. I mean, the content of the episode, uh, I think you should probably just listen to it. We were gonna just open up this episode talking about that the last episode that we just did, obviously, with the author of the the God of the World, that is that what the entire about. podcast that we that <laughs> this is it has been has been for over a decade of uh, or, or or a decade rather um, is completely made up of, and uh, I can't really go over any of the details. I guess because there's so much, it's a long conversation. Uh, what I will say is that I didn't expect it to go as deep into some directions as it did. We've talked about some things off mic, but he has to be really careful about the the way that he talks about a story because so much about great storytelling, I, th- I think, I don't know, um, I believe, is that people don't really know what's coming and they get to feel that feeling. It's like how folks say they wish they could rewatch GOT, for mm-hmm. example,
0: mm-hmm.
1: for example, from the beginning again mm-hmm. and feel those feelings again, like what I would pay to go experience that thing again for the first time. Yeah. And so you don't want to get delivered that, Information in a way that is less set up and artistic, like the real flourish—the whole reason that we enjoy this world and the process of combing through this world in the first place. But uh, like I said, getting a little bit of that stuff—I was so shocked by like some details about Hot D that we did that we don't know yet, and I know that we know the the meat of the story, but we'll, and we'll talk about it some together today. So much of what is so interesting about House of the Dragon to diehard fans like all of us is to see how the art form of film and the medium of television where it currently is in our human existence and the way that we have sort of used it as a large commodity uh, to spread uh, explosions and sexy stuff and pleasing little arcs and little like sequences like uh sam cleaning up the bowls of shit at, at the citadel we've like used these interesting things that are pleasing to our monkey brains to make money for some people and to give other people really cool jobs or really nice comfortable existences in a town like santa fe and um to see how the artists that they've chose to to do that uh adapt and carry out that piece of art that we were originally talking about that story that reveals itself over a very specific uh stretch of time in a very specific way. So, we're not like what will happen with the dance of the dragons. That's right. not where we are, but where we are is how are they going to do it? Mm-hmm. And also what's one thing that's so unique about fire and blood is that it is not a novel, it is a history book or a fake history book. So, there's so much connective tissue and actual details that we have in our heads and that is hinted at that we're going to be able to see get played out in front of us. And so, I don't know, it's just a situation that we haven't been in before. Kind of like uh, whenever we were talking to George on the episode about um, uh, someone adapting his story beyond the point where the actual work has been done t- to have been writing on it. That's sort of a version of getting told the thing without it being done in such of an artistic way where it makes its full true impact. And that right. was kind of what I was trying to get at with that question that I asked him. And uh, I think that it's like Hot D is uniquely be- a fake history book being adapted. Uh, th- that situation with George was unique. So right. we just have a lot of firsts. And right. that's one thing that I've really thought has been happening. Uh, after about halfway through Game of Thrones, I was like, this is not just a, a cool fantasy television show or an adaptation like Lord of the Rings that have been out for decades. That it was just, all right, now it's time to show everyone this in a really artistic way. But rather, this is a living, interesting product, artistic, like, uh, early product of human industry, of art industry, where we've commodified it in such a way. Kind of like how old monarchs would commission works of music or or paintings, for example, or, or architecture, or using those same artists to create weapons of war, for example, the most interesting way people in power can use interesting art to make money or to gain dominance over other people. We're at an interesting point in that process where there's a living author that's kind of like a Tolkien right now. That's making stuff for a big company and playing his own game at the same time. And it's all so unique. And we we rewatched the trailer and uh, like clips. We watched the, the Comic-Con panel and stuff like that today before recording. And uh, it just like rewatching all that stuff, seeing all of it play out the way that it's being presented right now. It just reaffirms how I feel, how this is a really interesting time and a really interesting for it to be done through this franchise right? with the author still alive. And also one of the biggest impressions I got from hanging out with, with George is that out of all the people working in TV today, with the amount of experience that he has over decades of being involved in it and his interest and true love of all of this stuff, that he's probably one of the most intelligent and powerful people in that industry itself. So to see it, it's just all sort of coming together in a really interesting and almost perfect way. Obviously, it can't be perfect, but it's such a big franchise with such smart people working on it. And the stakes are so high, like I said, because this is like a first time. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we are waiting for wins.
0: Right. And we already finished the entire season of Game of Thrones. So this, I think it's, like you said, it's a lot of first, but there's also a lot of precedent and weight behind it. Oh, and for so sure. Yeah, that's
1: why it's even more unique. Yeah. Because it's not just like, here, try this. It's like it has evidence to support the fact that it should be like this.
0: I hope that it's good because, um, you know, through, okay, this most recent trailer, through the Comic-Con panel, there's been a ton of for lack of a better word, like buzz in the air over the last couple of weeks about House of the Dragon. I mean, we're about four weeks away, three and a half at this point, weeks out from the premiere. And so obviously the buildup is is getting real. But I just um, hope that that weight is, um, <laughs> I don't want to say worthy, but I worry. So, okay, I, what I what I worry about is that we are supposed to be really buying into this thing, and there's a lot of fanfare around this show and this book and this idea, but we haven't seen it yet. And like you said, this is a based off of a history book, and so we have the major points plot points along the way but a lot of these characters personalities are going to really come to life in the tv show as kind of george was saying in our interview about Viserys and how he became this really interesting guy on screen where he was a little bit dismissed in in the book um and so i guess all i'm trying to say is there seems to be a lot of like pre-propped up fanfare about yeah. we're supposed to be obsessed yeah. with these characters <laughs> and we're supposed to be you know, crazy about which side we've picked and well, all that kind of thing. People don't know that
1: yet though, you know, right?
0: But that's how they talk about it. Like that's how they were they talking sort of, about it on the panel at you're Comic-Con. right. You're right yeah. And I'm a little, you know, whatever. I was like rolling like my eyes. Yeah, I was like, think. come on. Yeah. There's so much more depth to what is happening. And I don't, I think my only fear as, and then I'll talk about all the things that I'm psyched about because that list is much longer. I just don't want um us to be like force fed the fandom of this show, and I also don't want
1: tweet what is yours
0: the show <laughs> like that's what I'm saying, and I also don't want um the show to be diminished to like one or two conflicts like to the sh- for the show to be only be about like these two women fighting, basically yeah. you know what yeah. I mean, and so um we've been really excited about House of the Dragon, and we've been really loving Fire and Blood on the show. And I'm going to be a fan. I know it. But I just, over these last couple of days, as we've had, like, a lot of the pre-show hype actually start to be produced and put out by HBO, it just has this, like, little thing in the back of my mind that's like, this is a successor show. There's, like, a lot of... um. They have big shoes to fill and they're trying really, 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 really hard to fill them. And so I just hope that we're not force-fed what we're supposed to like and that we can instead discover all these new characters and personalities and storylines that were, are ripe for the taking. I hope we can discover those on our own instead of being told what to like and what not to like. Does I really, that make sense?
1: Yeah, and I, I more than at any point, um, leading up to the show, I, I feel now more confident than I ever have because of how good the trailer looks.
0: The trailer does look very good. It was
1: one of the best trailers I've seen for a TV show, and I think it was probably better hands down than any of the Game of Thrones trailers. It was a really good setup, I thought, and just from the tendrils that revealed itself, I feel like the the image, the picture of what they're going to do in Hot D is more clear to me than it ever has been before. And so any kind of fear that they've hired people, not Ryan and, and Miguel or any of the other executive producers or producers or George that are working closely on it on that side of things, but like whoever's at HBO, you know, for example, or Warner Brothers that's, that cares about it so much that might put their fingers on it, that, um, I you know, like I said, I've been not completely... I'm not going to just say it's going to be the best thing ever. I mean, it's scary whenever people remake something or or do something that succeeds something else because you always worry about how good of a job they're going to do. And if they're going to do what you said, they're just going to try to feed you stuff rather than you know the thing that made the original thing so good in the first place. But like I said, seeing the trailer and seeing the different things that they've adapted and how they've adapted it and how they choose for it to look important in the trailer and how the trailer had this thread of its own narrative from what it's showed me, I feel way more confident than I have before because there is so much that does go on during these time periods. While there are these big, um, important, truths between the more important characters that they're sharing a lot of times uh defined by a moment where they finally see each other after a long amount of time there's all this other stuff going on that just like in GOT, the original series um serves as the the meat like the actual portions of food for the meal that a lot of us end up taking most of our owns away from (laughs) (laughs) and uh you know getting the most enjoyment from the little stuff and i think that from what it seems to me, they've really made the little stuff big and important in such a a classical Martin, Martinistic kind of way. Um, a Mar- Martinian, I think, is what Lynch calls it, or Leach calls yeah. it. Right. A Martinian kind of way. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. I feel I feel good about that. So, that's your one fear, right? You said? Yeah. And I think that, that a lot of people feel that way. I mm-hmm. think everyone feels that way. And I think uh, from what I've seen, and I don't know Ryan, but from what George says about Ryan... Um, Um, I I would trust his his judgment on someone he's known so long that he handpicked to do it. Um, Seems to be uh, uh, really lucid and to know, I think that that would probably be one of his first fears too. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's probably something that people on the creative side are constantly pushing back against. Not to talk shit about suits, but I think that they probably are doing a pretty good job of pushing back against it. And maybe the the suits will just get their, their rocks off in the merchandising or Stuff like that. You know? I hope so. Maybe they will. I think that. I really think that, especially with how the the last series ended, that if anything, people are just desperate to get back to being on top, and they they might just trust the creatives a little bit more, uh, at, at least in the earlier stuff. Um, before unless it becomes super awesome again, right? And then who knows what they'll do. But well,
0: and I think on. too, especially when we're talking about the trailer, we're gonna need to lean into some of the old themes, and we're gonna need to lean into like some of the old things that made the no, last Mask show and good. Dragon singing
1: over the trailer yeah, this right. time, we'll save that for season four. <laughs> sure, oh, sure. Oh, oh, oh. But like, so there was that
0: moment. There's that moment in the trailer when Rainera says, "When I'm queen, I will create a new order," mm-hmm. and it's like such strong Daenerys vibes. It's like insane but so it's like you know we're gonna highlight the kind of stuff that you really loved before to pull you in and then like you're saying we're gonna get into the nitty-gritty one of the things that i'm really 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 excited about for house of the dragon is just the way that the sets look and these different places in king's landing they were talking about Driftmark on the comic-con panel i'm really excited for just the settings of a lot of these different places that we've are seeing a little bit in the trailer and that kind of we're talking about going to um I just feel like there's a lot of really great detail that is being highlighted and those are the things that really caught my eye a lot in this trailer was just um the attention to that detail in those locations I felt
1: Yeah, you like gasped when the turning was shown the maiden pool Yeah,
0: I just I liked it, you yeah. know. It was fun and I felt It was very fantasy heavy. Dude,
1: that's one of my my notes too. It really, I just,
0: I felt like I was watching a fantasy story and I know that it is, but the only reason why we're able to do that is because of the success of so many other things, either Game of Thrones itself or other things that came because of Game of of Thrones. (laughs) I I mean, you know, whatever it is. The Hobbit cartoon. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it brought us to this point. And so... The totally. show is high fantasy from the looks of Dude, it. that's
1: what, yes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be more, but that's one thing I loved about Thrones. And I know that it's hard for a, a network like HBO that has such a specific-looking polish to do it all the way, too. Um, but I thought that they did a pretty good job. Uh, they thought that, I thought they did an amazing job on Game of Thrones. That's why mm-hmm. I fell in love with it. That's why we're doing this whole yeah. thing. But I really think that... that Brian and his team and Miguel and George, I think they might have gotten some more high fantasy out of this than they were able to squeeze out of Game of Thrones before. Just I think Based so. on the look of it, based on the, the look framing, of it, framing, even like the like the like way, and I think that's why they casted Matt Smith. And it makes me so excited because him being him facing off against Otto Hightower, yeah, the way he was pointing.
0: To <laughs> It looked like a
1: cover of like an old cover of one of George's books. Yeah, it did. You know, like the one where it's got the 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 heraldry, the flags are waving. You got the pinion, you got the little the little sigils. It's like in a perfect triangle, and you're like, you guys are just gonna kill people, but you got really nice looking flags and Mm -hmm. stuff.
0: And there's a lot of helmet plumes. mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Plumes,
1: the enameled Targaryen armor. Yeah, I mean, we've seen. The Targaryen armor and we've seen uh the plumes and stuff before, but we haven't seen Matt Smith's thespianish vibe. Uh-huh. Uh What's the word? Uh, like, invigorate. Uh, yeah, exactly. A hand is holding your arm out in a hilarious way.
0: <laughs> and I'm holding my arm out in the way he does. And that's what he does. In that shot. <laughs> it's so good.
1: And I, I. that's why we love characters like Dark Star. And that's why we love high fantasy in yeah. general, because it's like really serious, but also like a little, a little like Broadway. like a musical. It's on the
0: edge of yeah. almost being embarrassing. Like, you know what I mean? It is
1: embarrassing,
0: <laughs> but not in a bad it's way. It's like when
1: I wear drip, mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> you got to just lean into it.
0: well exactly it's it's cool when you
1: are a rapper and rich
0: yeah and when you go all in and i I really kind of got that energy from just like the look and feel of everything and so um yeah too i me too i think that's so cool part of the reason why i gasped at the tourney moment too is because there was just so many uh you think about like the early seasons of game of thrones and the um like kitschiness of some of the fantasy there this was like a little bit more polished from the trailer. And I guess, like, you know, just all the dragons flying around really adds to that. We had so many cool dragon shots. So many amazing, these like, overhead views of the scenery from the perspective of a dragon. Mm -hmm. And I know that part of me is like, man, we're just going to only care about dragons this series. But then the other part of me is like, we're going to care about dragons this series. Imagine
1: this, uh, if little kid me got to see an adaptation like this the best that I had was Kevin Costner playing Robin Hood in Robin Hood mm-hmm. Prince of Thieves a yeah. movie I've watched so many times <laughs> or the third Ninja Turtles movie when they're in sort of like a feudal Chinese atmosphere it's like oh, it's still swords and shields I'm in right it's it's uh this is on a level where, where when an author like George or any others that have magical creatures in their uh, in their books this is on a level where they're not done in a way that's cheesy and uh, that's so hard to pull off because you have to pay so much money to be able to do that. To, to, and to, you just don't even try, you know? Like show Daenerys sitting by three little dragons and that's enough for the first three or seasons. Or build one, we, the, the, we, two the,
0: streets and make that the whole thing.
1: Exactly, build two streets and the whole sack of King's yeah. Landing and keep cutting <laughs> to that same wall. I get it. But the thought, like seeing, seeing Damon Targaryen play with his dragon yes was like that was some that was real and high fantasy sort of like have not not uh, arm wrestling but like when you slam your hands together to be like we're in agreement yes. with each other like boom yeah. together at the yes. same time Holy crap.
0: I'm really looking forward to those relationships being explored because they've talked so much about how these dragons are going to have personalities and we're at the height of the Targaryen rule. And so there is just a lot of history and precedent on how you interact with these creatures. And they're just part of, I think about your dog. That's Mm -hmm. just so a part of your day-to-day and you're like in sync and in tune and you've got a relationship. Yeah. These massive creatures that in in Game of Thrones was like a little bit, more tempestuous what's the word I'm thinking of it's like a little bit more volatile because there was so much that wasn't it hadn't been done in a hundred years and so there was a lot of things that were just really being we're winging it because we're learning things from old books and there's no relationship here
1: yeah um, that's, yeah
0: yeah now we have an opportunity to kind of jump in in the middle and see these creatures as really part of a day-to-day for so many of these people yeah we get to see their personalities we get to see them bond with each other we get to see them fight against each other the the role of kind of who the dragons are as characters I think are going to stand out in a really interesting and exciting way in a way that they didn't have quite a chance to because they felt like, you know, Drogon is cool, but he's Daenerys, you know? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, it does make sense. It's like even not even the Night King with his confidence and posture on the ice dragon could uh, could have as much, uh, dare I say, swag as what these Targaryens who grew up with dragons being in their family for generations should have whenever they run and jump and easily A natural easily kind embark of... and disembark with their dragons.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah.
1: And it would have been harder to do that back then when they also knew less about how to do that kind of CGI with their actors.
0: Sure. Yeah. You know? So yeah. they had
1: to learn that over time or whatever. Hopefully they hired some of those people or other people that have experience doing similar stuff. But yeah, if 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 it looks like there's any kind of agility and uh like ease with these big dragons. I mean, the point that I just made is going to be even crazier. Exactly. If they can yeah. really pull it off, yeah, dude, this could be such an awesome bar setter for all adaptations like this moving forward. Not just fantasy, but you know, I hate to go back. Sorry, George. I hate to always go back to Harry Potter.
0: <laughs> it's like okay,
1: <laughs> I I hate to go back to Harry Potter, but um, imagine whenever we think about the real adaptations, you know, the the ones that would probably have to be done through a television show but like even if they fit it in the amount of time as a film or whatever we always say we want stuff like more scenes we want uh, more more of the actual information let's just simplify it of the book to be put into the movie so it's more like the book and better but I think the one thing we have a hard time describing um, is that part of what makes it feel more like a book is if it's adapted like the book feels Mm -hmm. and that's this
0: that's why I love movie 3 Prisoner of Azkaban (sighs) <laughs> this, <laughs> and they stand it right there. Bro. Uh,
1: this this looks like it uh, it's a little bit closer. It could just yes. be the the. I mean, it could have been a really well edited trailer from one. But the heraldry and uh, like you said, the the if if the dragons are is uh, if, if they're smooth and, and yeah. you see, yeah, you gotta give them nuance. But if all that is truly adapted in with the love of someone who, like, loves reading books and fantasy and is not just, like, trying to, like, get through this, holy crap, the bar that it could set could be good for, like I said, stories like Harry Potter where it's like, you know, maybe we shouldn't just make this seem like a big Christmas movie, you know? we should have beats and it should have, uh, maybe sometimes like we're not using close-ups. And maybe sometimes if it's not a close-up, it doesn't have to be, like, uh, a, a, an amazing gilded archway that, like, is referenced later, you know? Like, some confidence of the atmosphere. Like, the way that the Hound and Arya felt traveling together. Mm-hmm. I don't care about that waterfall. Right. But the waterfall was awesome. The way that Iceland felt when we were north of the wall with Jon, season two, you know. The way that these natural settings actually are for the fake characters in these fake stories. They're actually there. They're not just like, hey, isn't this so cool? Exactly. Look at this. Right. But, like, actually being there. And so, if they can make the dragons actually there and not... You know, in a corny way where it's like, look at this dragon. He's like, he's going to play and this Mm -hmm. is going to be a a ride later. Right. But literally show us them just being there. If in it, I don't know, it sort of feels like it. It sort of feels like it, man. The
0: trailer gave me high hopes for kind of how they interact with each other versus kind of what we saw in Game of Thrones. So I have high hopes for that expectation. Um, And like you said, this all goes well. And, you know, this only perpetuates the genre which is exciting for all of us because and exciting yeah. for george as well as people who are true fans of what the a legacy to the story. leave man. It's, it's really exciting and so there was a lot of detail in this trailer and if you want a minute by minute breakdown there's a lot of really good ones out there online but we were just given an, an abundance of detail everything from like viserys bleeding on the iron throne mm-hmm. to just the Swords and the jewelry and the posturing of how people were seated, and yes, the like we were just saying, Matt Smith's little <laughs> arm hold. What a and promise, man. These I just used <laughs> to seeing old
1: screwdrivers. Yeah,
0: yeah, true. <laughs> um, detail gave me a lot of confidence, um, in the, just kind of the whole world building that we're going to see. One thing that I have a question about from watching the trailer that to me it wasn't clear from the trailer and isn't clear from any of the conversations that we've had or any of the information we have is how the timeline is going to go mm. because in the trailer we jump around a lot between the ages and the characters yeah. it doesn't necessarily feel like a straight line and kind of when we were watching the trailer the last time before we sat down to record I was kind of thinking to myself if you don't already know who these guys are then how do you know these are all the same guys? How do we know that they're the same characters from the trailer? Mm. Um, And I know that... I was just saying earlier, I want to discover things and uncover things. I don't want to be told what we're supposed to like and dislike. And so I don't want to be told who these people are in these trailers. It was like,
1: (laughs) you're much older
0: now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, that's not the point I'm trying to make, but... You're a woman grown. Now you're a woman grown. It just made me curious about how that is going to be handled on the screen and I I know that they have talked about how that was something that they wrestled with and they thought a lot about and you know George talked to us about the different narrators and how you kind of come together and bring this multi-layered multi-generational story into one cohesive um through through line and so I'm super interested to see how they handle that and how yeah, they cuz the trailer was all over the place in a way that I thought was fun, in a way also that Also
1: bold, huh? That was bold, like and Super Bowl, and that
0: gave us all these things that it we really just, like, like.
1: Show all young Venera, and right. then we're like surprised. We're like, oh my god, we got older now. Mm-hmm. We're like, we jumped. No, right. Just show, show it at all. Show everything all
0: inner swept and yeah. chaotically kind of put together. Yeah. And, again,
1: pretty cool. It was great, but it was pretty cool. I'm, yeah,
0: you know, I'm just I'm I can't wait to see how that plays out episode to episode. Is it going to yeah. be a little bit more chaotic, jumping between? Conversations and scenes and people and time and all that kind of thing. Or are we going to get more of a of a through line? It's it's hard to hard to tell.
1: But. Do, you, do you remember um, off the podcast G R M talking about The Witcher? Yes. So I don't think it's going to be confusing.
0: No, I don't think it's going to be confusing.
1: That w- The Witcher was confusing mm-hmm. and that stuck out to a lot of people. Yeah, and it, apparently it <laughs> wasn't just me yeah. at that time uh, yeah. when I watched it. I was like, wait a second, we're back. You haven't seen it yet, but it does sort of very confidently do some serious time stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, just what you and they'll sometimes go back to the same exact set, and people will be sitting in the same place. So it's it, it can be very confusing, and so I think that just from a general awareness of trying to make things not bad that. People are going to be trying to do better, but mm-hmm. also uh, based on that, I think it's going to be something that specifically they're going to be thinking about mm-hmm. trying to make really make sense to people.
0: It sounds like like they are. Yeah. And I just I like the idea of that we're going to get all these different perspectives, and we're going to get all of these conversations that we haven't had and that we didn't see in the book, and we're going to get all of yeah. these internal dialogues and all of these looks and all of these. Um, struggles and excited moments in a really human way, mm-hmm. and I w- I've been thinking a lot about because George talked a lot about and I think we already talked about on the podcast today <laughs> King Viserys like Patty Constantine's bringing to life of Viserys and how he became yeah. this human guy yeah um and how he would try to like put real emotion and humanity into yeah. him and I know he's not the only one who did that you know I think yeah. that that's he's kind of the standout as we go into the show but i just think that the trailer did a really good job of highlighting personality even if we don't quite know who these people are yet i felt like there was a lot of personality that feels like ripe for the understanding if that that's makes a, sense. that's a good
1: point they could have just made it feel really tim poly um but they but they really didn't and um you know i think that that's what we like about books Exactly. And good adaptations, like, we, more Harry Potter. We always say, like, there's not enough of them just going to the library and studying. Right. You know? <laughs> you know there's not enough of them just hanging out in the common room. But we like that. <laughs> that. That's part of, but in those moments is where, that's how the story really progresses further. That's yeah. where that stuff is revealed. And so I'm seeing this trailer, and I'm seeing... You know, it really looks like Damon and Corliss's relationship is going to be something that we really like mm-hmm. and that we see grow over time. It started out maybe weird and then get like way better. And also with Amond um, and uh, Kristen Cole. Well, or
0: Rayner and Kristen Cole.
1: Oh well, yeah, I'll get to that. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> uh, like these things in the side, you know, mm-hmm. with the, when the the conflict in the Stepstones, look to me, it feels like it's going to be like a Whispering Wood from GOT or the Battle of the Green Fork, where you've got like Tywin, or you've got like uh, the uh, Kar Starks talking to to Rob. You know, we've like, got these uh, what seem really important side stories that end up they're just. On the way for the people that really matter to meet each other, to meet each other, and so the opposite of that would literally be fire and blood, right? Because fire and blood literally did skip. So we're getting the opposite of an adaptation. We got the TV show version in the book already, and so now we're getting like the book version done. So we're going to go into the the stepstones, and we're going to what we're going to see. I think, I think that we're going to see. We're going to like Damon, and then we're going to see aspects of Damon the way that he treats those people there because they are others and because they're just literally him biding his time, wasting his time until he goes back and gets gets into his brother's favor again. Some really dank and bad shit that's going to put us in conflict. And those people in King's Landing are going to think, and Otto and all those people are going to be like, he's bad. But they're not even going to know how bad he is Mm -hmm. compared to what we know. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but— these possibilities are, are what we're going to get fed to us. That's what all that side stuff will be. The scheming with Kristen and Amond, and really just the scheming with the Greens overall is something that you don't get really any out of. Not a lot out of. The background
0: conversations. We just know that it yeah, happens we, because,
1: yeah. And we have suspicions and we yeah. know why people want power. But there's all the other people around them to help them achieve that mm-hmm. in their own means and right. goals. And like we're going to see their their little faces and know what they're actually trying to get. And yeah, it definitely looks like the the angle of romance with Kristen Cole and Raniere is going to be, obviously, a big focus. And it didn't really shed a lot of light on it with the Damon situation either in the trailer, which is interesting. And I'm sure, uh, obviously, that's going to be adapted. But that'll be an even bigger reveal, I think, for folks. And even, like, you thought, like... Just brother and sister hooking up with each other was something. How about a really hot niece, <laughs> like a really hot niece? You know what I mean? Yeah. Just ripe for the picking. She's just outside reading her little book. Her uh-huh. feet are up, and her uncle walks through, uh-huh. and he's like, "Hey, what are you reading?" Uh-huh. That is going to make people go, "Oh shit!" I thought he she wanted the Tanner John Snow. Fuck. Right. Fuck. Right. And so yeah, that's going to be interesting. And so yeah, uh, it looks like they're focusing a lot on that Kristen and Rhaenyra romance.
0: In Which a, is going to be a way make, that's
1: satisfying. Totally, and we get to know the truth exactly. in some way about what happened there.
0: Because as that story progresses, it's going to, I feel like, even be even more dramatic. You know, think about them kind of near the end of, um, like, once things start to get bad, like their looks at each other across the. The, oh yeah, you know, it's gonna be yeah, really yeah, yeah. intense. Oh for yeah. sure, it's like so. we're
1: coming to the point where she wants him to fucking die.
0: Yeah,
1: uh-huh. and at, at the point where he reveals how much of not a man he is, mm-hmm. to where he actually—spoiler, everybody—to where he's like, you know what, I'm gonna scheme against the person I was like sitting in these rooms with and like being so intimate with. We were sharing candlelight and firelight and talking about the future, and now all of a sudden I'm a Queens man and I'm a fighter and I'm this like what, but. He does feet, beat Damon in some fighting. So he does. And so we'll see how that turns up. It's so delicious how it all courses together. And like I said, we're getting like the opposite of the book because exactly. the book was the TV show, the book was the bad Warner Brothers movie. And <laughs>
0: but the book was good. <laughs> well, it was, well, you know right. what I mean. It was the It was yeah, it high level
1: 101. was It was the, the high level. Exactly. The high yeah. level. Mm-hmm. yeah. Not in all cases, but it was the high level. Yeah. And now we get to go in and see the step zones and see these conversations and see them horse riding outside of King's Landing and get to see how much Targaryen stuff and dragon stuff is really in King's Landing. Right. It's really exciting. Well,
0: and it's exciting when we watch the trailer too because – I think back to watching Game of Thrones trailers, especially in the last couple of seasons, and it's like, I know what this is, I know what this is, I know what this is, I know exactly.
1: Imagine Dragons.
0: Yeah, but when I watch this trailer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just realized that Imagine Dragons uh, has the word dragons in it. Yeah. They weren't just like the style of music right. they played over those trailers. Right. Now that's hilarious. <laughs> also, if someone tells you to imagine dragons, just say no. You don't have to listen to them. All right? If, if someone's band name is a is a is like a, a, a request... If it's a, if it's an order, you know, imagine dragons. Just tell them no. All right, keep that rebellious <laughs> spirit alive. Sorry, what were you saying?
0: Uh, this is so presumptuous. I can't really what if, remember what, what I was saying. What if our
1: podcast was called "Send Us Your Owns"? It should be.
0: <laughs> it's a demand, and yeah. not a request. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot from this trailer that I just. It takes you a minute to kind of think about. Okay, who is this, and where is this, and what might this be? Because we just don't have the same kind of like definitive. I'm just highlighting what you've been saying, which I totally agree with. And I think is,
1: um, what do you think about that Comic-Con panel? Uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the thing about the Comic-Con panel is what I was thinking about when we started the podcast off. And I was thinking about my fears of mm. this show mm. and Comic-Con panels. I'm not the target audience for that. Okay. Never really been kind of in on those conversations personally, mm. I feel like we're supposed to be like really amped up and bought into these actors and characters that we don't really know anything about. And so I feel, when I'm watching a panel like that, personally annoyed about the fact that I'm supposed to be excited about these people. It's like, I don't know you, nor do I know what you've done with this (laughs) show yet. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, you know, everyone's in the crowd is like cheering for people and their characters and things they said. It's like, we don't know who that is yet. Because mm. we, you know, we're, it's exactly like we've been saying. Mm. We are, have the opportunity now to finally like really dive into these guys' personalities. And so I don't want to be force-fed what I'm supposed to be thinking. Like, I don't remember who said it on the Comic-Con panel, but they were like, the Greens and the Blacks. Like, which side? Like, we don't want to start a riot in here. Like, we don't want it to be w- crazy because everyone's fighting. It's like, no one is fighting. Like, we don't know...
1: That's what, what George,
0: side we're on. that's what
1: George and Ryan Condal said. They But th- they also let some slip a little bit. They said next year we can split between the greens and the blacks. They said something like that. Right. So I think it'll be, That's pretty indicative. I think maybe we've seen like all the way up through episode eight footage basically in this trailer or something like probably. that. Or like episode seven or mm-hmm, something. That probably. There's going to be, you know, more obviously Viserys and blah, 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 blah. But uh, yeah, I think that we kind of have a cutoff point. And so it'll kind of end at like the arc probably of like Amon and Kristen and uh, the Valerian scheming, mm-hmm. you know. It'll yeah. be like, it'll be like, <laughs> right drama, drama. And then like, well. Pick up on the leftovers of where they like got their all of their concurrent schemings up to. Right,
0: right, exactly. Yeah. So and they're
1: going to show them as little kids too, like Amon, for example. Mm-hmm. Which will be, and then he's like, "I'm trying to look like my uncle." Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: So yeah, I mean, you know, maybe we will have, a, and we will have strong feelings about that after we well, see sure, the first yeah. season.
1: It's just like trying to be something it was before. Maybe that's
0: what I. That's what annoys me is that we're trying to bring on and live off of the old hype because as we should like game of thrones is a big tv show but i don't need a blanket that says like dragons forever you know
1: like (laughs) wait what what the 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 dragons did that
0: yeah there was some (laughs) hbo put out some blanket that is literally the worst thing i've ever seen in my life i I gotta pull i gotta pull it up
1: and his true colors (laughs) i'm sorry i love it
0: you all know that i'm psyched out of my mind about house of the dragon yeah in a way that i never thought i was going to be But that means that I can also make fun of this blanket. It's a blanket that says, oh, it's from the first trailer or the teaser trailer. It says dreams didn't make us kings, dragons did. And it's like...
1: That's the blanket says that?
0: Yeah, the blanket (laughs) says that.
1: Oh, I just thought it said the dragons did that. Well,
0: basically, that's basically (laughs) what it says. Because it really says, it says dragons did in really big letters. We tweeted this out like at the beginning of June, so if you wanted to scroll back through our Twitter um you know it is what it is, but oh nice it's hard like i I'm, just I'm gonna, here for it I'm here for it too I'm
1: here for it I, I love it, I want fun i want i'll I'll take like uh like if someone doesn't know how to dance, you know mm. Mm-hmm. It's like I'll still I'll still dance with Uh you or I'll still dance (laughs) around you. You know, you can be as silly as you want. I'm just want it to happen. Sometimes uh, it's hard to do that, but not when you're sober. Right. Or if you're like a certain kind of not sober, certain other kinds, it's like way more like, oh, God, I'm seeing too deep into things. But uh, for the most part, it's just like, yeah, bring it on. It, but I definitely notice all those things, too. All
0: I'm saying I is...
1: want us all to come together I, and, and have I, fun for this to be good. And
0: I'm here. I'm on board. I'm yeah, on know,
1: board. Well, I know you are. We're just um, sitting in your closet recording this yeah, I know. <laughs> podcast <laughs> yeah. for an hour. We're all the to Santa Fe. I know you're... I just, you know, I want down.
0: them to... I just... I want it to be... I want it to reach the potential that it has in my mind. And so, you know... I think that there's going to be reservations along the Dude, way. I think it looks good. It looks really good. Looks and good. maybe I'm just trying to like, you know, psych be myself a little I bit. You be, said this. I think it's gonna You be, keep saying what? this. Say it. I
1: think it's going to be better than Game of Thrones.
0: Earlier today I was... I think it's going to be better. I go through these phases where I get really depressed about House of the Dragon, but I'm like scared <laughs> that it's going to suck, and you always say it's going to be better than Game of Thrones. I really think that. I, you really genuinely I think that. I
1: genuinely think it's going to be better than Game of Thrones. I genuinely think that that the people that are involved with it are that they're smart enough from the beginning to get the right kind of grip and the right kind of places. They've been through this before. They know what they know they've been through this before. And I, I like the actors that they've chosen. And, uh, I think that there, I think that based off the trailer and based off things, people have been saying that we're going to get more of the deep stuff from the the what builds what well, the the mystery from Aswaf and from Fire and Blood. Dragon Glass? I think we're gonna get not just Dragon Glass but you know, like that's if like that's like the first thing and then I don't it's like the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Is right, that's what glass. I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, and then yeah. the rest of it is underneath yeah. it. Yeah. I think that the the mystery is gonna be a is going to be imbued in this. And I think that uh what else do I think? I think that um the quality of it and the high fantasy elements, the pacing um, and just the warmth that you feel that we felt from like going from castle to scenery to, uh, tent to horses to, uh, this guy's got curly hair and a mustache and these people are playing you know, musical instruments and now a little kid's talking. Like the, the, the mix that made Game of Thrones so satisfying. I think they're going to do even better at it. I think it's going to look better. I think it's going to be more patient, more like high fantasy. And to get back to the, the, The mystery being imbued at a point, that's going to make me so excited because that's the stuff that I like. And it's not going to be just about White Walkers in the end or how do we rather, how do we deal with the problem of summing up the White Walkers? How do we deal with the problem of summing these things up? I think instead of that, it's going to be revealing to us these little things that are going to be not obvious to everyone but um, are going to be really satisfying whenever everyone starts to learn about it, like the early Shadow Baby kind of stuff. I think that those might have been gas, glass candles on the table in front of uh, King Viserys and the and the ilk, um, judging by what it was and the little burn on it. I could be completely wrong. Someone might have an answer for what it actually is, but it's not the only point. But if that if those are glass candles, Jesus Christ. But the, they, ha- they had a bunch of them, though. They had like five or six, so I don't think that they could be. But if they do have that many... My sort of suspicion that because it's further back in history, it's closer to the doom. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, right up against the hundred years since the conquest that things like magic and soothsaying are so much more prevalent they're so much more accepted they're so, they're believed they're right. basically they're basically policy right. at some points
0: it's like religion you know almost. it's like religion
1: yeah. but uh it's like this it's like on the same level almost you know or like religion is rather like way more um like real to them yeah. th- than uh, what it is uh, at the current point in A Song of Ice and Fire series. What's so funny?
0: I say, like, you're trying to describe something really real, and I'm like, like religion. <laughs> at, at me.
1: <laughs> My own personal views. That's great. That's, <laughs> That's great. funny. Sorry. <laughs> Keep going.
0: I, I just think that um,
1: there was a, there's a potential for them to be interested in where they came from. And to talk about where they came from, how they came from it, they've they've got a whole bunch of dragons. They know there is a big difference between them and other people, at least with what they've gained for themselves or what their families had gained. Their family has gained for them. Um, Corlys Valerian and his nine voyages. I think that he's going to have stuff to talk about. I think he's going to talk about. This. He's one of the
0: characters I'm most
1: excited about. Yeah, yeah, and the, what he has to say because he's been ha- so many places. How he got that wealth.
0: Well, and we get like these very where he got it. Exactly, we get. We're going to get, like, a first-person POV of all of these. Yeah. This deep lore, which I'm really excited about his backstory.
1: I'm just hoping that, like, Viserys has this—he's, uh, like, trying to figure out magical shit in the background. Yeah. You know? I don't know if that's going to be a thing, but— uh, I mean, These
0: guys need every advantage that they're going to get, you know? That's what I'm saying, And yeah. so what kind of conversations are going to be had about yeah. the big guns that they can pull out against each other? Because, you know, they've— What did it Go on, sorry. Well, we also see— um,
1: I just thought about Aegon, so I'm like, I can interrupt yeah. anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just
0: this think about like point. trying to find more dragon riders and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Things mm-hmm. like you know other conversations that are had in Fire and Blood, mm-hmm. and trying to get people like, how does this work? You know, is yeah, they trying exactly. to figure how out how does this work? They're yes. trying to figure that out for themselves exactly. by using other people who aren't Targaryens and dragon seed people mm-hmm. and things like that. And so th- th- that's just the the surface of what they're trying to understand about who they are and where they're from.
1: Yeah, when the dance is going on, when there's way more conflict, we can sort of, like, throw the small things out of the window. But we're coming off the tail end of the old king. And for what it's worth, Viserys has a pretty long reign in comparison with a lot of Targaryen kings. So we've got, like, a lot of sort of peace. Yeah. And a lot of time to sort of get into those details and to try to figure stuff out. Well,
0: especially because the TV show is going to start with Jaehaerys. Yep. So, you know... Man, I hope there's more than <laughs> imagine if it doesn't get renewed for another season. Because it hasn't yet.
1: Oh yeah, it was gonna get renewed. I know, like, another, but you know what I mean? They want the press drama release, yeah.
0: I know, whatever, but remember one gonna... time
1: Game of Thrones got renewed for three seasons or something like that, two right. or three at once. So I was like, Ehh. yeah, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dragons did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What else do I got? Um Oh, Kristen Cole, my phone, keeps getting corrected to Christini,
0: mm, So ooh, uh, nice. that's your new name
1: <laughs> for this podcast. Um, I think it's going to feel really uh sort of like sweepy, transitional for the first handful of episodes based off the trailer.
0: Yeah, that's what I was saying Intra- about like the timeline mm-hmm. and how that's going to play out and I, it, how seamless is that going to be? And is that going to be engaging or is that going to bring on Witcher vibes like you guys were talking about?
1: Yeah, I don't think, like I said, I don't think that they're going to do the Witcher bad based on other conversations. Um, I like that we're going to see, we're literally going to see Damon roasting the the men of the Triarchs of Atlantis. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. So so we're bringing in more elements of the story in a way that, like I said, we haven't ever seen that before. And you know it's not going to just be like a cut to it. Like, we're going to be there. Because
0: there was so much of that in the trailer. That's what I'm
1: saying. So, so... The, it's, that's why I mentioned, like, Whispering Wood with Rob and Greenfork with, like, Jamie, Tyrion, and Tywin. You know, it's like we have these things that are happening that go... When you, people think about Game of Thrones, I think they only see the colors of those places in their brains. I don't think that they remember, like, how it was important to them at that time. Like, the War of the Five Kings, the different... Levels of positioning that the men of the north were doing against, uh, like basically a Lannister led army. You know, we don't really, 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 really think about that stuff. And I know people that 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 love these books, for example, and you know, clash and uh, clash and storm and feast kind of like blending together the on the way to doing stuff, right? And so, we're gonna have those things that were that needed to be fleshed out. And I know that this is really obvious, but. I still haven't seen it done well yet, and if they do it well, then, like I said, we get the book adaptation basically of the high level that we got, and that's where they're doing it. And in places in Westeros we really haven't been before with characters we don't really know, like the Valerians, you know, with uh, Corus Corliss is a is a. A historical character in A Song of Ice and Fire who has has those places, has that experience inside of his brain. And he's going to be not just someone that we brush up against or that is talked about in a book somewhere, but who's helping out one of our characters who's going to be basically doing weird shit to try to mm-hmm. get the throne Yep, and have yeah. sex with a young girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, I mean, what's better than that? <laughs> that mix of things? Yeah, Come on. Exactly. You got a historical character and a guy being a creep? Mm-hmm. I mean, get out of here, dudes. I don't know. I hope I hope that the uh those things are glass candles, though. And he's like, we don't know what this does, or we know how to use this. I know that doesn't make any sense, but that could be a thing. And uh Christini, you know. He's very handsome. <laughs> he so
0: is very handsome. We're gonna have a lot
1: of cool tweets and uh a lot Gifts of cool images of and gifs, yeah. Um I wanna say something about something that GRM said on our show, he said that about a month and a half ago or some something like that, he'd had an idea come to him about a character's end. And he said this would obviously be in A Dream of Spring. And he said that it was appropriate and uh, something else and powerful. And if you haven't listened to it yet, the whole episode is worth listening to just for that. To hear the closest scratch against the furthest that we have in A Song of Ice and Fire that's from the the font that all of it literally comes from, and that's a fresh thing that has just happened. And um, now in my brain there's this sort of framework that extends all the way to A Dream Spring now, not just sample chapters or possibility of what's in T-Wow, obviously excluding the uh, show's timeline of history. That extends all the way to some character's ending. Is it Arya? You know? Is it Cersei? Is it John? Sansa. Is it Tyrion? Who? Sansa. <laughs> I don't know, but um, the framework goes that far, and um, this this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of all that and this right now, and uh, he's a really nice and uh, generous and cool person to have reached out and to come on our podcast, and I'm just really excited about getting to that point in A Dream of Spring and uh seeing the rest of the stuff you know like seeing it really unfold seeing this 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 art and the way that it's affecting so many people and being expressed in such a public and multi layered multi-faceted uh multi-artistical way to be finished super exciting when we have days like when you wake up in the morning you have life we have stuff we have to do to provide for ourselves to stay alive and then you have other stuff that you need to do so you don't get sad or go crazy or get bored. And uh, this is a pretty damn interesting one. I just mm-hmm. watched a bunch of footage of people hanging out at a fake castle, playing with dragon eggs, being in character, talking about thing like things like food and bravery and fear for no reason. Just out of place. I mean, it was Comic-Con, but having more stuff to do and having stuff to talk about between all of us that we relate to in different ways and that we can discuss hopefully in a really positive and nice way um is super awesome it could it could be what are we going to eat today what are we going to watch tonight a lot of people say stuff like that but we have uh we have that plus this so high five i'm really glad that we got more of it and I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be good. I think we, I think it's just going to imbue everyone with a little bit of energy. I know that you're not going to make the money from it, folks. We're not going to make the money from it. But uh, we're going to get some benefit from it. So, right on.
0: Any of us who said game of thrones is over at the end of the last season of game of thrones <laughs> <laughs> look at us now i agree with you I, this is the most excited i've been about a song of ice and fire as a whole in really quite some time mm. mm-hmm. yeah so i'm right there with you
1: thanks to george for not going on twitter and ruining it for everyone yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah like for real way to keep the dream alive i don't know i trust him more than i trust jk rowling to be honest
1: with you yep <sighs> yep yep yeah buddy
0: so, Should we get to our owns?
1: Yeah, let's do Yeah, owns the trailer.
0: Owns the trailer. Okay. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, you can go first. Um, I have two owns for the trailer. And the first own I have is the view that we get of the dragon pit. A, because it looks cool. And B, because it looks cool. I loved the shot that we got of the dragon pit. And we've just spent a lot of time thinking about the building of that thing in the last couple <laughs> of chapters of Fire and Blood. So that just really stood out to me in the trailer. Um, so I loved that. And then on to another moment that I already talked about, but I love, love, love the shot of Viserys bleeding on the Iron Throne. Um, and, you know, we that's like a these moments that can be directly pulled from the text is really cool to see them come to life. And so um, I just, I that really stopped me. I loved seeing that come to life on the screen. So That's cool. Those are my owns.
1: That's cool. Yeah, the hand on the throne is a good sign. It's just a good sign. It's like, oh, you get me a little bit. The little bit.
0: details of what, you know, because Fire and Blood talks so much about kind of what the literal Iron Throne does to these people. And so and we talk about Viserys bleeding on the throne you know and so to get to see it in the trailer was very exciting to me it's gonna
1: be crazy to see no, I don't wanna spoil anything refire well no I'm gonna say it's just yeah, gonna be crazy to see yeah. Nair bleeding on it yeah
0: exactly she's yeah like, exactly <laughs> that's what I'm saying really bleeds on that thing yeah <laughs> so what's to come yeah very exciting
1: I'm gonna give my own in the trailer to Matt Smith's pointing the sword moment and <laughs> To the way the painted table looked, also. Yes. It's a really good sign, also.
0: Okay, I'm right there with you. When we're talking about, like, oh, this looks high fantasy, I was thinking a lot about the table with all of them sitting around with the candles and the low lights and, like, the, it just was very, it felt very um, medieval, you know? Yeah.
1: It was like that without being too rustic. It was like that and fancy. Yeah, right, exactly. Because they are fancy. Exactly.
0: It and, didn't feel bleak. Right, yeah. and it
1: wasn't like, I don't want to talk bad about anything else without by making it good. So I'm just going to say that's what it was. <laughs> that's what it was, and uh, it felt good, yeah. And uh, I think that Matt Smith made a lot of people, including me. Including me feel uh, like maybe this isn't a good sign or something (laughs) like we need a really famous guy to do it we don't I mean we I don't think that we do I think that a lot of these people are going to become really famous off of this if it's as good as I think it is and obviously folks got a lot of career success that weren't uh, mainstream actors in the original series and so bringing someone in like Matt Smith who is a, a very mainstream actor didn't really seem necessary to me um kind of seemed like uh like asking for permission almost in a way,
0: especially those first pictures we got of him
1: but I' completely that is completely thrown in the trash i I like when someone does an awesome job or something happens that's that changes my dumb idea or my my even just my good idea even just an idea like having being proven wrong in a situation like that it I just think he's gonna like pull the whole thing together, man,
0: I think so too, but yeah. I'm like you've been saying, I'm surprised by that. Hey. I don't know why I'm surprised. I should have been tr- more trusting. But. A good job is a good job. <laughs> yeah. Clearly
1: there's a good job yeah. that's happening. Like, I'm like glad we're about saying. it. Just, this is all just based on the trailer. This whole shit could crash and burn. We don't know.
0: <laughs> like I said, sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and I think to myself, <laughs> House of the Rat Dragon is a joke. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. Now we're on to your owns. We got some really good owns that maybe LOL. On both Instagram and Twitter, but I'm gonna start first with Instagram. From this was my favorite one, I'm reading it first. From Amanda Berglin, who just says the lighting department, period. <laughs> that made me laugh because <laughs> it's so true. I mean, that's exactly what we've been saying. And so, own to how everything looks from Amanda. So, thanks, Amanda.
1: From D Log Z13, own to the sea snakes, old ass, still getting it on. <laughs> The battlefield, and of course, to Sir Kristen's flow. (laughs) (laughs) Christini does have a flow to him. I think he means his hair, not just his sword. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but both I think were good. Thanks, Logsy.
0: We've got Ashayatara, who says, (laughs) Eamond, for looking like the goth he is.
1: He does look very goth. Charlie Gibby, Rainey's looks amazing. Her little whisper to Allison gave me goosebumps. Also, dragons. In
0: all caps. And caps. The donut says, Own to the throne for chopping up my man Viserys' hand.
1: Out. Mersion art. Melee's or Caraxes, whatever. I'm stoked. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Curtis Moore official says, My own goes to the absolute heat that had me headbanging throughout. The soundtrack.
1: Great. Thanks, Curtis. Curtis is another one of. The folks who've been doing owns with us for like uh, a million years. I've Been doing this for a million years. Okay. Moving on to Twitter. From Shane Lisa, my own is Damon walking up to the throne and Sir Harold Westerling putting his sword to his chest and Damon is like, seriously, bro? I think Bassmith was great in that moment too. <laughs> he was just like, "What are you for real?"
0: Travis Cole at Straight Savage Cole says, "Hopefully, I'm not too late. Although I was on vacation when the trailer dropped. Same, actually, kind of. <laughs> My own goes to the scene that reminded me of the Bells episode from season eight of Game of Thrones, the dragon flying over King's Landing. Yeah. Brand's vision." Also, an honorary own to the Iron Throne. I get chills on a chubby every time I see it in House (laughs) of the Dragon.
1: Thanks for the the chubby info there, bud. (laughs) Is that the whole thing? Mm -hmm. Own Connor Targaryen. But before I move on to Connor's tweet, um, the Dragon Shadow reminded me of that, the football game from the UK. That was one
0: of the coolest trailers or commercials I've ever seen. Yeah,
1: we've retweeted it, I think. Um, I'm pretty sure we did. Uh, During like a a timeout or a quarter change, whatever it's called, um, for y'all's sport over there. Uh, there was huge dragon shadows flying over the whole field, <laughs> <sighs> and then they shot pyro.
0: That was, and then they, yeah. They had
1: on the screen, like, the release
0: date. It's one of the coolest trailers. I've so ever, or, It's not a trailer, but a commercial i <laughs> Yeah, seen. one of
1: the coolest trailers ever. Right. When they attack the sport. thing right. <laughs> Own to the parallel, Connor Targaryen. Own to the parallel between Hot D and Fire and Blood, both depicting Rhaenyra and Alicent at the wedding feast. So excited. Yeah, it's them sitting. Uh, you see the illustration? Yeah, of, the shot of them did. sitting. Yeah. Um, So excited for this show and just as excited to hear you guys talk about it. That's uh, them sitting apart. And the trailer does a good job, like you said, with the blocking of showing them sitting close together when they're young. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to see the friendship change over time. (laughs) And then uh, sitting further together when they don't like each other as much.
0: Drama. At Philip the Junior says, own to the editors of the trailer for not showing mushroom. Mm.
1: (laughs) Or that's a disown, actually. (laughs) At Clint wrote this owned to Prince, Damon Targaryen, Prince of the City, Lord of Flea Bottom, and King of the Stepstones in the Narrow Sea, who is about to get the live action characterization that we all deserve. And he's got a picture of uh Damon with his helm and he's jousting.
0: At Mike McCann 55, owned to the music and sound production team knocking it out of the park yet again. The music got me so hyped in the dragon noises, the roar, the low, almost croaky growl, literal chills.
1: Sexual jazz, a at ghost chase killer. Own to the bloodworm. I mean, come on. Wow.
0: Darren Sword says, Own to Rhaenys, the queen that never was, for being an absolute Banff. She will be our mom during this troubling time. Darren also says, My own goes to the goodest boy of House of the Dragon, Caraxes. And my own to Alessant for having the nerve to go after a crowned princess. <laughs>
1: Agree and all that. Zach Sweet says, Own goes to anything with Daemon Targaryen. LOL. LOL. <laughs> Very self-aware there, bud. <laughs> And our last own from Eliza Bennett. My un goes to special effects team, who must have worked double time for all the badass dragons we see on the trailer. Yep. My vacation house got paid with that dragon, he says. Right. <laughs> he watched the trailer. <laughs>
0: Man, we are. I'm so. One thing I'm really excited about this season, too, is getting everybody's owns because that is one of the most fun things that we get to do together.
1: I've seen a lot of people make friends through liking each other's owns, too, Mm -hmm. over the course of the last million years. And uh, if you're listening and you haven't done that yet, you should, and you're interested at all, if you want to stay off Twitter or social media, I totally understand. But if you just hop on for this, it's a really just useful tool that allows us the mechanic of submitting stuff to the podcast easily. If you email it to us, that's fine too. You don't have a character limit and uh, you know you don't have to have a social media account, but um, other people really won't be able to interact with it. And so if it's something that you're interested in, normally I think that that's kind of weird if you're like needy like that, but this man is just laughing at me. But I think this is a, a good and... Positive way to interact with other people because it's just you're just talking about something that you really like, and so you can join us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram at Game of Owns. Just Game of Owns is the username. You can email us contact at And uh, what else we
0: got? OnlyFans, we're gonna keep we got OnlyFans, we've got Feet Last FM, we've got. What are some of those like old ask places that people used to post about?
1: Ask places.
0: Remember when we were in college, there was this app that people would ask you questions on. But like everybody used it to bully each other. (laughs) I can't remember. (laughs) We have that too. We. (laughs)
1: Sorry. That's what I was trying to say about the Twitter stuff, but you totally you nailed it for me in a different way.
0: <laughs> but we, I mean, the podcast rolls on. We've got a couple weeks before House of the Dragon comes out, and in the meantime, we're going to still... Fire and blood, baby. Brick by brick, get through fire and blood. Team off, dick. The next chapter uh-huh. is the long reign to Harrison Alassane, policy, progeny, pain.
1: It's a long chapter.
0: It's a very long chapter. <laughs> which <laughs> has uh, scared us in the past. <laughs> but if you want to read that, get caught up. That's what our next episode is going to be about. And we are in House of the Dragon season. So oh, my God. It's so deep in the season. Let's go. Oh,
1: I forgot to say earlier, Um, thank, like a blanket thank you, and also individual because we've looked at them too, uh, to all of you who said such really nice stuff about that podcast with George. It was the most feedback we've ever gotten in such an like, overwhelmingly nice way. And um, not not patting ourselves on the back. Seriously, thank you for listening and and giving a shit about this kind of stuff. That we was are really important.
0: So glad that people liked it. We just got to sit in the room while George talked. Yeah. And So yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that everybody. I said three was things. So kind. Yeah. We'll be back. Yeah, we'll fire from
1: Drinking. I got two sodas in front of me. There's a third one that's about to happen. <laughs> uh, well, our next episode's coming out uh pretty soon. We're We're about to start working on it right now. So have fun. Bye.
0: Bye.